God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, how was Italy? Let's hear about the Italy trip. Uh, I went to Italy, and it was cool being there, but traveling was not fun, dude. Yeah. Having to wear a mask while you sleep is similar to waterboarding, but without all the cool, hot, uh, torturer people. Yeah. You don't really get the bragging rights. No. You're just like, oh. Anyways, it was cool. And then on the way back, I got to be on a plane where some lady started seizing in Rome. So then they got her stabilized and they're like, get off the plane, bitch. And she's like, I want to go to America. Is this old lady? She was really sweet looking. And obviously, you know, she had some problems. And they were like, get off the plane. And the, finally, the captain had to come out of the cockpit and tell her to get the fuck off the plane. I felt so bad for her. Meanwhile, I had a two-hour delay, you know, layover in JFK that got completely wiped off the books. So when we got into JFK, uh, we missed that connecting flight from JFK to Austin. And then I went to the Delta people and here's what's cool about the Delta people. They don't give a fuck, dude. They don't give a fuck about you at all. They, in fact, the lady at the Delta counter, I would go so far as to say she was a total cunt. And like, I think her actual job description was like, Hey, when people come here with problems because they've missed a flight or whatever, and they have to rebook their flight because we, you know, because something happened and, and they're stranded, just be the biggest fucking most horrible cunt you can be. Well, I fly a lot and, uh, She's treated by shit by her employer and un- undercompensated for it. And she has to deal with people believing that she cares about their problems all day. So that, that's why it's helpful to remember. Here's what I do know. When I was in Italy, the people that, that, were ta- that I had to deal with in Italy, guess what they were? At Delta. Nice as fuck, dude. Yeah. I mean, in Italy, they get like three months of vacation. They're paid more their kids are healthier. They're happier in general. It's, it's, it's not just Delta. There are like laws in Italy that protect employees from being underpaid and overworked. We don't have that here. What about in the country of Congo? How are the employees treated there? I don't know much about that. What about the employees in Antarctica? How are they employed? <laughs> they treated with respect and kindness in Antarctica. Are there any employees in Antarctica that aren't penguins? They're a bunch of scientists. How are the employees in Mars? 
the planet treated quite well. <laughs> Dude, did you play the Ryman Theater? Or are you playing it tonight? I'm playing it tonight. Damn, are you excited? Um, I'm not as excited as I should be. I'm really stressed out. I've got a lot of things to accomplish today to make sure that that goes well. And our entire label is going to be there. And uh, I got to take care of all my babies. So I'm, I'll be excited when it's over and when we've done the job well. Heard that. Heard that. I watched a, a documentary called Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. that I highly recommend. Guess who it's about? I'll give you one guess. You know, I never cared about him. Maybe I should watch something like that. He's never captured my... I don't understand what's so magnetic about him. He's a great boxer. He did some stuff for civil rights. Here's what I know about Muhammad Ali. In my lifetime, he is the... I think he's the, like, the number one dude of my lifetime. So I'm in my late 30s. I'm getting younger every day, though. Because, look, no more gray. Because the gray gone. Because I'm going back in time. I went to 55, and now I'm going back to 32. That's the way it works, son. Anyways, in my time, he's the greatest, most famous person of my lifetime. Now, in the 40s, it would have been Gandhi or some bullshit like that. And then before that, it would have been Abraham Lincoln. And before that, it would have been fucking Julius Caesar. And before that, it would have been King Kong. But dude, in my lifetime, there's only one man, and that's Muhammad Ali. Now, what's weird, and I I know it sounds crazy, there was only one guy that was even close in my lifetime, and guess who that was? Who was that? O.J. Simpson. He was the closest number two runner-up to Muhammad Ali. You're just talking like in terms of like athleticism, like sports hero? No, I'm talking about hero hero. I'm talking about everybody in the world. I'm talking about all the people that you know or have heard of in your lifetime. In my lifetime, the greatest of all time is Muhammad Ali. Why? <sighs> because he's just, just this larger-than-life character that captured everybody's imagination everybody just loved him or hated him i mean at the end of his life everybody loved him but dude i mean talk about a divisive figure dude all i know is like when i was a kid i bought superman versus muhammad ali the comic and it was like my favorite comic book of all time i still have it Illustrated by Neil Adams, the greatest artist of all time. I don't know, man. He's like, he's like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, um, BFG or whatever the fuck her name, Ruth Bader Ginsburg or whatever the fuck you say her name is. I think it's pronounced this way in Swahili. I, I don't know the English pronunciation. But yeah, man, he was he was the dude. Did somebody smash your window in? Why is there a cardboard on your window? Uh, Isabel bought a treadmill for her office that I have not had time to set up yet. Are you setting it up? I'll be setting it up, yep. Sure will. Are you excited about it? Um, 
I'm excited about getting it done. That's sort of how I'm framing things these days. I get excited about being done with things. So are you going to get on that treadmill? Uh, no, I have an elliptical machine. I don't really like treadmills. Oh, wow. You have an elliptical and now you're going to also have a treadmill in your house? The elliptical is in my studio and it's the same elliptical that I use when I go to the gym, but I don't go to the gym anymore. And uh, the treadmill is going to go in Isabel's office. So she's just going to be walking in place in her office? Yeah. She's 100% remote now. She got a new job and then this whole week she's off. So she's enjoying some off time. And uh, we were supposed to be getting her office ready, but my days have almost completely filled up. So I got to figure it out. I'll figure it out. Oh, there's Isabel. She made me a coffee, um, but it has milk in it, and I can't have milk because I have my physical today, which I'm dreading because it's like when you're my age, you're like, will he penetrate my anus today? Don't know. Will he cut my balls How today? Yes, I'm 38. I think you got two more years before he sticks his finger in your butthole. Yeah, that's, he told me that last time, but you never know. I've, I've been experiencing a little bit of physical problems, and uh, that may warrant the uh, finger in the butt an early... An early anal, early anal penetration. Yeah, we'll we'll have to just see. I am uncomfortable getting the finger in my butt. Is it a guy or a chick? It's a guy. Well, that's good. I don't know why, but something about a dude sticking his finger in my butt is more like just sounds better to me than a girl sticking her finger in my butt. A lot of women prefer male gynecologists, perhaps for similar reasons. They feel judged by the women. I guess a dude would feel embarrassed because it's all females are potential sexual partners. Thank you so much. He's a very no-nonsense dude. He's going to tell me to lose weight. I'm not really looking forward to that part. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I have like severely deficient vitamin D levels, and he prescribed me vitamin D, and I'm a guy, so I didn't take them. And uh, the next time I saw him, he was like, are you taking that vitamin D? And I was just being honest with him. I was like, no. I don't, it doesn't occur to me to take the vitamin D. And he had some pretty harsh words for me about that. So it feels like, I feel like I'm about to go to the principal's office. That's sort of how it feels right now. Well, that sucks. It's just a principal who might also put his hand in your butt. So like a, not, not a cool principal. <laughs> not the one where they emphasize pal at the end. What's pal? That used to be the old principal thing. The last three letters of principal is pal. That's one of the things they tell kids to keep them from being afraid of them. You know what pal was when I was in middle school? What? Stood for personal ass liquor. Whoa. Wow. So if you said to someone, I'll be your pal, that meant something different. Yeah, then you'd go, I what, my personal ass liquor? Huh? My personal ass. Ah, he said he was my pal. Ah, we're in middle school. Let's go find a place to jack off now. <laughs> Which at that age is anywhere. Dude, it's at anywhere and everywhere. Dude, I... One time went to the drive-in with my cousin, Tom, and my sister, and we're at the drive-in, I guess we're probably like 16, maybe I'm 16 or 17, my cousin's 16 or 17, my sister's a year younger. And at one point, they went and like were sitting on the front of the car, and I was in the car, and I fucking jacked off in the car while they were on the hood watching this movie. <laughs> And I was just like, I guess I'm going to try to jack off right now because they're not in the car. And oh my gosh, I don't know if I don't know if they knew or what, but I did it, and I did not feel good about it afterwards. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, I'm not as brave as you to tell a specific story, but I, let me just say this: 
I have also done similarly insane things. And uh, many of my friends have too. When you're that, when you're that age, man, you will jerk off anywhere. Dude, every time I went to poop, I was jacking off at that age. So I would go, well, I'm going to go poop. And I, and I thought I was getting away with something, but I guarantee you every single person knew that what was going on. Cause my poops went from like taking about a minute to taking about 10 minutes. Well, here's a, yeah, I'm sure you heard this. Here, here's was our parent. Here were our parents way of basically saying, we know you're masturbating in the bathroom. Everything okay in there? Or, <laughs> or I would get the, uh, the, the big one in my house was, uh, did you fall in? <laughs> Dude, right when you're about to come and then you got to fucking reload. You got to get your mind reloaded again. I'm like, yeah, I, I fucking I fucking fell into this Sears catalog swimsuit page. That's yeah. the thing, too, is when you're a kid, you're so starved for access to like actual pictures of like nudity that you will. And you're so horny. You will masturbate to insane things. You know, Sears catalog. That was a big one. Dude, my friend, I went over to his house one time and he had black sheets on his bed. And for some reason, the sheets were pulled back and you could see like 30 or 40 cum spots on that fucking bed. <sighs> it was just like, there was no denying it. Yeah. There's no denying it without that evidence, but you don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. Well, that was our big joke growing up was like, don't bring a black light over to bill's house dude i used to i used to jack off every night in bed and the and when i would come i would just scooch over to the side of my bed and come on the rug next (laughs) to my bed and i guarantee you dude that thing had fucking hundreds and hundreds of dried up cum dumps on it dude this is really gross it's so fucking gross but dude when you're, I don't know what it was, but I was just like, yeah, nobody will ever know because it'll, it dries clear. So who would know? Out of sight, out of mind, man. And I, re- and my sister had a friend. I can't remember her name, but at some point, probably when I was 18, let's just say when I was 18, because I don't know what the fucking laws are, but she would come sneak into my room and give me a hand job. Okay, like whenever she would spend the night. Wow. It was crazy. Wow. But I, maybe it was, in, was that in college? I don't know. Whatever it was, it was interesting. Or maybe I'm making, I don't even know. Dude, it was so long ago, I could be making that shit up now. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good story, so it may as well be true. Who cares? Uh, I'll tell you one thing, dude. When I was in high school, wasn't getting laid wasn't getting laid in high school. Barely was getting laid in college. And dude, I was a good looking dude. Well, what was the problem? I mean, I, I was having a pretty good time in high school in terms of in terms of those things. I was too shy, dude. I was too shy. I was not a I was not a player. I wasn't a player, but I guess I wasn't. I, I was willing to make make the bid. I was willing to talk. And I guess that's how it usually happens. You got to be willing to generate something. I know this one guy. He's like a tour manager. He's not even in a band. And this guy gets laid more than anybody I've ever known. And it's just because he has this thing where he just is like, first of all, he's very, he's very charming and he's not bad looking, but he's, it's not even like he's like some really great looking guy, but he's very, he's kind of like you, he's real friendly. So he'll just, and he talks to chicks, not in a predatory way, but just like a casual way. So Mm -hmm. you're just like, Blah 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 blah, and then at some point he'll be like, 
hey, you know, do you want to like, I don't know, you into like giving me a blowjob or something like that? Like real casual. And they're like, sure. Dude, what the fuck is that? Uh, yeah. But um, he, dude, I'm telling you, it's crazy. Like there's nobody that he hangs out with who's a, who's a woman who he doesn't like at some point sleep with and usually right away and sometimes within minutes of meeting them. Yeah, it's I, I wonder I've just been married for so long, but it's like there's several lies in culture. One of the lies that porn tells is that women are just so into fucking all these dudes. Oh, yeah. Give it to me, big boy. All that crap. All right. So that's not true. But there's this other cultural thing that like all dudes think about is sex and women aren't sexual. They're emotional. But the thing is, chicks get horny. Chicks like to have sex. Chicks chicks may like sex for different reasons, but chicks like it. So think about if you're as, as a dude, dude, if you're talking to some nice lady somewhere and she casually says, can I can I jerk you off and, while your sister's asleep? Every dude's gonna be like, yeah, sure. Great. I think that if a woman feels safe around a dude and she's attracted to him, if he wants to bypass months of crap and just say, hey, we're having a nice little convo here. What do you say we... uh become naked together in the shower. We can do that in 20 minutes. They might be like, okay, no problem. Dude, yeah. I've never I'm done that you, dude, though. I've never really I've, been that guy. I've never been that guy, dude. I have been. The, I don't know. I don't know. How to cut. It's, you know what it's called? It's called cutting in line, dude. This motherfucker cuts in it line. It is cutting in line, but you, but are you cutting in line? If the person at the front of the line lets you up there, is that cutting in line? Like when you know a guy in this case, you know, the lady, and yeah. but I'll tell you, I have done versions of this. I'm, mate, you have to do because you're a room, you're a softy romantic guy down at the bottom of that. I have been having a combo where I was pretty sure there was chemistry. Where I did say, "Man, I'd love to kiss you right now." I've done the kiss bid, and I have had people say no to that. By the way, but mostly when you get to that moment, good combo. You're looking each other's eyes. You feel close. You make the bid for like, "I'd love to kiss you right now." What do you think? And usually that works. Maybe it's just a heightened version of that to go from that to blowjob. Well, I'm always amazed by it. It seems like a magic trick that he's pulling that I don't know how to do it. Like, I mean, the closest thing to the magic trick is you're in a band. And if you're on stage and you're in front of a bunch of people, there's a trick that that plays on women's minds where you're like the de facto alpha male. And so you're attractive to women if you're the center of attention with a lot of people in the room. So there is a trick there, but even that, I don't know how much that, of a trick it is. It's, even that, like Miles Zuniga from fastball tells the story about being on tour with sugar Ray and Mark McGrath was backstage and he and miles were like having a conversation and this chick comes up and he's like, hey, hold on for a second. And he's like, hey, you want to take a shower? And she's like, sure. And it's just a fan coming backstage. Mm -hmm. And then he just goes to the shower. She blows him, comes back from the shower, continues the conversation, mm -hmm. no cash. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that, dude, I, I never as a, I mean, I'm the fucking front man. I'm the king of fucking Austin, dude. And I'm talking back in the day when I was fucking hot. That kind of shit never happened. I mean, the closest thing to it was, hey, you want to hang out later? And then it's hanging out, talking, getting to know somebody, listening to their, telling me their story about who they are, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually making out and then eventually having some 
you know, fun times. But just the fucking just straight up, you want to take a shower with a stranger? That shit never happened, ever. I, I honestly would not want to do that. I mean, the, the jacking off in the car, 12-year-old of me would. But as an adult, like the guy that I am, would I do it? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, that's, I'd, I'd actually rather talk to someone and want to be naked with them because they're interesting. I just don't care anymore about my dick has to go somewhere or I'm not a man or I'm not happy or my dick's fine where it is. Dude, what's so weird is it's been so long since I've done any of that because I've been with my wife now for, I don't know, nine years. So like I haven't done any of that for at least nine years. And um, I don't even know what that is anymore. I don't, I don't know what it is. I swear back in the day, like if I was, if I was with a, a woman for a year or two or whatever, or months, like as soon as I would break up, it'd be like, okay, what's next on the man you. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, dude, I've burned all the menus. There's no menus. I, I don't know if I got divorced, if I would, I would even want to be with anyone anymore. I, I feel the same way, dude. The, uh, the idea of being with anybody is it's just, there's nothing appealing about it. Exactly. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing about it that like, oh, that sounds good. Like it would, it would literally take me a year or two, maybe. I mean, and I say that and who knows, you know, maybe within a month I'd be hooking up with somebody. I don't know. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't either. Right yeah. now it sounds t horrible. Like there's nothing in me that, that like would look forward to that at all. Well, you just, all, you do all the hiding in the beginning and then like maybe maybe strange sex is fun maybe but you do all the hiding and then, then what's even worse than the hiding is the finding out of all the the bite the toenails the whatever the things that every, whatever the gross everyone's gross as hell and you end up just finding out what's gross about somebody and then you love them anyway and that's what that's that's actually what love is i used to love all that shit i used to love being with strangers basically yikes because if they were a stranger then they could kind of be this sort of fantasy person in my brain like an they idea could be kind of, yeah yeah they could be this like perfect person and then the more they would the more i would find out about them the more i'd be like mm, can you like maybe be more like the fantasy person i was making up in my mind <laughs> right oh you can't you're a person okay sorry but i used to do that with everything i used to do that with alcohol maybe i even did it with work i don't know it's just the older i get the more i realize there's just no there's no escape from me through these other things yeah so it's just like well gotta walk yeah before it was like well i gotta write a song that takes priority over taking a walk now i'm like i'm walking i'm taking care of my anxiety first and foremost yeah i'll write a song after that well, writing a song probably used to do that, but then these things kind of ebb and flow and move. And for me, writing a song is just like anything else in my life now. I just want to get it done. Done is my happy. Well, I haven't been wanting to write anything for the last two weeks, which doesn't seem like a long time for somebody who maybe like only writes songs every once in a year or something. But for me, two weeks of not feeling creative or wanting to write a song is seems like a an eternity. Do you feel like you're when you say you don't feel creative? Does that mean when you sit down to do it, it doesn't? It's hard. It feels like work. Or does that mean you don't even feel like wanting to sit down to do it? 
so last night we had a song due mm-hmm. and I was like, I could, I had all day actually to do it. I had plenty of time and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to watch this Muhammad Ali thing and I'll just do it. And I had a gig last night and I was like, I'll just do it after the gig. So I play the gig, completely forget about having to write this song, get home at like midnight, watch a movie that I've already seen before called In Order of Disappearance. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. Such a great movie. It's like Scandinavian. Um, it's like a you know one of those revenge movies where this guy's the son gets killed. Watch the whole fucking movie, then start watching the Muhammad Ali thing, and then at around two thirty realize, oh shit! Like I'm getting ready to go to bed at two thirty. I'm like, oh shit! I haven't turned in the song game, and also I sent out an email saying, hey, it's an elimination week, <laughs> so if you don't turn it in, you're out. So I'm like, oh, I got to go fucking write this song. Guess how long it took me to write the song I wrote last night? I don't know. How long? And turn in 15 minutes, dude. I fucking turned on the burners, baby. Mm-hmm. So in case you want that song, just go to my song club. Go to patreon.com backslash Bob Schneider. Join my fucking song club today and you'll be the proud recipient of that song called Beef Bombay. Yeah, but you're saying you're feeling like that wasn't like you had a busy night and you kind of it slipped your mind. You're saying there's like a a bigger creative block that you're worried about. No, well, I will say this: I kind of had fun doing it that way. Yeah, the speed, I knew the, I speed would. the speed round is is fun because you it's just a different way to look at it. Well, you just can't take any time being precious with it or yeah. trying to make it good. Yeah, and when I get into that mode where I'm just being wacky and and whatever it is is what it is it reminds me of that like what i like about creating which is like discovering stuff and having fun and being random and not trying to be good my biggest problem is that is if i'm trying to write something good which is what i feel like you're doing when you're trying to write hits especially like those nashville song writing situations where like i gotta write a hit so i can make some money if you're writing like that that's not fun there's nothing fun about that kind of writing well and it's not good (laughs) you know hit song in nashville does not mean good in fact if if it shit's too clever or too good or too if if the homages are not to the stupidest lowest common denominator if it's too quirky or interesting or good they don't like it so that's even another layer of shit to put on it well i like writing random shit like my last favorite song i wrote was cheesecake factory bar and i just want to write more songs like that Mm -hmm. the problem with it is you can't you can't force yourself i can't force myself to write another tarantula i tried that one time it was stupid i wrote a song called chango about a monkey it was stupid (laughs) such a stupid song but what you can do is I can force myself like I did this week where I fucking send an email out saying, hey, motherfuckers, either write a song or you're out. And it'll force me to write something stupid. And and maybe if I do enough stupid shit, I'll start enjoying myself. Well, what's funny is I was actually Avi Vinegar's in town and uh, we were having drinks together. Like we were meeting for the first time in person. And he was like, is there a phrase this week? And I was like, no, I don't think so. This was like Monday night. And then we were sitting there and I got, I was like, well, we got our phrase due tomorrow and it's an elimination round. <laughs> Dude, his beef bomb is great this week. <laughs> I didn't hear it. 
It's great. It's fun. He's laughing. He's having a good time. Yeah, dude, I'm a, I'm about to meet Derek Barr this week for the first time. Awesome. He's in he's in town playing Austin City Limits. Very cool. And he's like, hey man, I got you two tickets if you want to come to Austin City Limits Festival. It'll be VIP backstage. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm there. And then he emails me back and he's like, uh, sorry, dude. People I'm playing for used up all the backstage VIP, so it's just GA. And I'm like, GA. Yeah, if you get here early enough, you can get on the rail. Dude, I ain't going to GA. No. Oh my God, dude. I was like, yeah, not doing it. That's quite the downgrade. Yeah, big time. So, well, we got to get out of here. It's time. We did it. We must now go to the Secret Weekly. Where we will talk about things that we can't talk about on the show that somehow must be deeper and darker and more secretlier than jerking off in a car. But we'll find a way to do it. Dude, we talk about shit in the Secret Weekly that cannot even be mentioned in the Secret Weekly. That's how Secret Weekly that fucking shit is, dude. Anyways, go to go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash I-O-K, the initials. And get into the secret weekly. And here's here's the other thing you got to do. You're going to give us a little bit of your money because what you're doing is you're getting free shit, but it's not free. Nothing's free, and your brain knows that. And you're you're right now you're racking up debt. Don't rack up debt because it's karmic debt. You won't feel good, but rack it up if you want. Hey, it's your life. Do what you want. But we do appreciate it when you support us on Patreon because. You know, even though it seems like it's not a lot of work, you can just hear the heavy, hard sorrow in Clint's tone and know that it is hard work. So give us that money, bitch. Bye. (laughs) 